Hi, and welcome to the Penn State College Democast. My name is Tom Sarabach. I'm the the executive vice president of the Penn State College Democrats. We have a very special pre-election podcast for you. We're bringing out almost the entire exec board. And with me today, starting at the top, Katie Rose Epstein, the president. Derek Magnus, administrative vice president. O'Neill Kennedy, treasurer. Today we're going to be discussing a number of things. We've got some very important news topics, some chaos going on prior to elections. So we're going to talk about kind of the state of the political realm. So midterm. Midterm. Let's talk about the midterm. Not the tests, but the elections. Literally, oh my god. This is the last podcast for the midterm. The next one. Oh, we're going to be after the midterm. So we'll be either really happy or we're going to be planning where we're moving. Oh my god. I think we'll be happy in Pennsylvania. I'm pretty sure. I'm hoping so. So um, I, I'm not worried about Wilford Casey. To no, be no, they're good. They're honest. good to go. Scott Wagner's great. Yeah. No, Lou Barletta's barely campaigning. Nobody knows who he is. And he seems yeah, kind of just mean. Yeah, so negative. Everybody <laughs> likes Bob Casey. He's a nice guy. Yeah. Um, we're just the local races are yeah. giving us anxiety. I'm feeling yeah. good about the uh, Pennsylvania State Senate District 34. Ezra Nains uh, sees the future. So <laughs> that's good. Uh, how do you guys feel about Beto? Ooh, so we talked about this in my poli-sci class the other day. The thing is, he's doing an incredible job, and he's going to do the best, like, a Democrat has ever done for Senate there. Not sure but he's going to win. The though. issue is, there's a threshold in Texas, yeah. and I think he's reached the threshold, and I think it's impossible to, like, go over the edge, so I think I think he's going to win. It'll be, like, by 5%, which is incredible yeah. that Beto got to that point, but yeah. He will have laid really good groundwork, and I think that... Like, like I don't, I'm not gonna make predictions about. Yeah. I only make um, predictions about races like the Casey Wolf races, where they're like up by like a million points. Yeah. And it's sure. I, if if Beto doesn't win, I think he would have laid really, really solid groundwork, and that is to me pretty much just as important as act, mm-hmm. or almost as important as actually winning, because that means that he could run again in a few years, or somebody else could take up that mantle and do it. And that can help whenever the governor of Texas, whenever that race is up, which I don't know when that is, but. The governor in Texas, it's been back and forth Democrat-Republican a lot. So, the, Ooh, like, fun. yeah, Democrat would probably win the next time, which is really cool. My number one thing about the better race is that the fundraising efforts on his side have been monumental. And mm-hmm. I think when you have an instance where you kind of have a more conservative state, the number one issue in that conservative state, um, besides just kind of people not being comfortable with Democrats, that sort of thing, is having the ability to fundraise fundraise locally and get money to take on these candidates because people don't think it's possible. Um, I don't know the exact margin, but I know he definitely, um, he, he fundraised like the most money ever yeah. um, for a Texas senator. There's like 32 million and in a like, very short time. And he Ted Cruz. So like, I think that's something that might, there's a threshold that might push it over the limit, just yeah. advertising, getting people mm-hmm. out there, getting paid canvassers, getting whatever is happening in Texas with all that money. I hate paid canvassers. Don't, don't get me started on it. What? What? Pay, what? what I mean, I'd love to be paid to canvass. I think you should be paid to be a fellow. No, that's what I mean. I mean, like, that's great. You shouldn't great. Get pay, pay somebody off the street to canvass because they might not do it. No. I don't think that they do, though. Like, I think they have volunteers and then also... Well, the Obama campaign kind of did that. Connor <laughs> Lamb. I was offered to be paid for Connor Lamb, but I was just really? lazy. Yeah. I was like, I don't need $10 an hour. 
which is great money. I'm just a privileged person. But anyways, <laughs> moving away from that. But whatever they're doing on the ground, like they have money to do it with. They have money to get with. They have money to get Beto's face out there. He's probably one of the most visible Senate candidates in American history. Mm-hmm. Um, he's really fully taken advantage of the internet and of just going to every county in Texas, that sort of yeah. thing. So, like, I think if there's anybody that can do it, it's Beto. But it's just, like you guys said, like, the threshold. Mm-hmm. I think... I, I hope he's going to win. I think if he loses, it'll be 1% to 2%. I don't think it'll be 5%. I think, I, I think it will be very close no matter what. I think it'll be 5%. Yeah. I think that he But in, that, in my mind, that's close. I mean, that's that close. Is, No, that in is In Texas, close. that is relatively close. close. It's close. Um, I, so the issue that I have with it is that I think it's a little bit of a waste of money. Um, I think that... Like, when you look at Beto's fundraising, it's great, and it's all from, like, super small donors, but so much of it is coming from out of state. Mm-hmm. And there's so many other states that probably That's have more true. winnable Senate races, and it's awesome that Beto's this great of a candidate, but that money could be going elsewhere. Just because be he's handsome and just viral recently doesn't mean that we all yeah. need to donate to him. Or to, to local races. And that's why um, recently I've been seeing on Twitter, ActBlue is doing this um, smart donor thing mm-hmm. where you donate your money to them, and then they, uh, well, they list like the the list of races that are competitive, mm-hmm. and then you donate money to them, Smart. and your money goes to one of those races. And I think that that's a more realistic like that. Um, way of using your money as a democratic uh, political donor, um, rather than giving it to the flashy race. Yeah, like yeah, definitely. Yeah, my thing is just the amount of money. Like, so I'm re- the, according to the Texas Tribune, which is October twelfth, which is like a couple weeks ago. Um, at this point. Beto O'Rourke raised like thir- more than thirty-eight million in just the third quarter, but that's three times. Yeah, that's what a disgusting amount. Ted Cruz, which again, it might be a bit of a waste of money, but what I'm saying is, this might be the time when we do have enough money. What? Because it's important. yeah, but what do you do with that money? Like, there's only so much advertising. There's only so many things that you can do. He'll, he'll save and, it to run for president. No, you have to spend no, it all. Can you? Like, well, you, make a no, war you, chest? you. I mean, in Pennsylvania, I do not believe that you have to actually spend it all by the end of the campaign. But you can't I use think it for anything can. else. Can you? You're, yeah, you're not supposed to. He can't just like use it for his mortgage payments afterwards. <laughs> he needs to do something with it. Whether or not he can use it for a run for a different office, I don't know. Yeah, but I think if in six years he runs for Senate again, he could use this money. I yeah, think, I think it's, it's, it's paid to like... Friends of Beto for U.S. Senate. Yeah. So. But can they just change that? Like change I, the name. I don't. But know the money doesn't happen. transfer. I don't think. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's so legal. Beto so that doesn't sound legal. Senate but like, my thing too with Beto, and specifically, is I think, and this is a nationwide thing. So there's all these polls that are saying, oh, the blue wave might not be as strong as we think. But I think if you look at, for example, the New York Times like live polling, uh, I was looking at it a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago with Derek and O'Neill, um, like after Wednesday night or something. And Jacob and Ducking Donuts. Um, uh, okay, I was like, why wasn't I? Uh, <laughs> UPA but, stuff. It, yeah. it was everything that happenstance. But anyways, all the, so they called in Texas. I think they were polling, but um, it was like the, they called one out of, they called 126 people, 20 to 30. One person out of that answered their phone and gave like, oh, yeah, I'll vote for this person. I don't answer my phone. What yeah. I'm saying, <laughs> I think like, that was bad. Like well, they don't, they don't encapsulate young people enough, and yeah. I think there's a reason to do that in the past. Now is I think it's going to be a massive. Stop turn. looking at polls. Yeah. Polls don't matter. We did this in 2016, and everything and we went got bad. burned. Yeah. Don't no do polls. <laughs> I'm going to say that polls matter a lot. Oh God, here we go. <laughs> Stop it, Derek. <laughs> you should not be basing whether or not you canvass, vote, etc., on the polls. No, no, you can no, look at them I, for fun. Absolutely not. And like, if 
if it's like um, within the margin of error or something, then like obviously take anything, it with a grain of salt. Any, yeah, anything can happen. Um, but like in Texas, for example, one I don't think enough young people will vote to like make up like a a five percent difference. But they will this year. That's my point. So maybe, <laughs> maybe, but like, and then like in Texas, Republicans have like a two million. Um, uh, lead in voter registration. Yeah, they're, they're so like you crazy. already have to win over Republican voters to win that seat and they're not young. <laughs> Those are old <laughs> people that are answering their phone. Yeah. And like the thing with polls, the one thing that I will agree with is don't put too much into early votes. Or no. absentee votes. Because um, those aren't additional those are votes. Those because are just other votes. In the Texas race, um, I think like Austin and Dallas are seeing like record-breaking early mm-hmm. vote to vote numbers. And like that's great. Um, but what it could also be is all the people that are super energized to vote for Beto are already voting for him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So election day or everybody's just like, there's a music festival on, t- on election day and everybody's going to be busy and they're it's voting. It's like, it's nice, it's cool, it's heartwarming, but it yeah. doesn't actually mean anything yeah. as for your chances of whether or not you're going to win. My final comment on this is that Ted Cruz is a marshmallow of a person <laughs> and he's just an absolute mess. Even his kids don't like him. Donald Trump hates him. Like I me, mean, he like well, I mean, no, he, he showed up for the rally. That, that was weird. But <laughs> my point is, Ted Cruz is the one candidate that you have two million voter registrations ahead and all these other things, and Ted Cruz is just that bad of a candidate <laughs> that is, he can just is, blow it. This is the thing. I really want to meet him for one reason. He Everybody, like except for his wife and his children, kind of seems to really dislike him. And I've heard a variety of reasons why, but his college roommate didn't like him. People in the Senate didn't like him. People, like other candidates running for office on the Republican ticket have said they don't like him. And I just really need to understand why. Because part of me wonders if he's just perfectly nice but has odd mannerisms and people are being mean. Or if he really is just that strange. Like, I have a lot of questions and I'd like to meet him. Interesting. Let's go back to local politics. Um, I don't know if we can tell anything more local. We talk about Mark Friedenberg's race. Mark Do you have any updates? (laughs) On that well, on Monday night, uh, College Democrats, like Katie Rose's suggestion, um, canceled our meeting so that we could encourage members to go to the Candidates' Night events down at the State College Borough Building. I thought Mark did fabulously, and Ezra did too, even though I missed that, but everybody told me he did fabulously, yeah, he did. and the room was absolutely packed. Um, I was Tom told Marino didn't people, show up. Tom I Marino see. and Glenn Thompson did not show up. <laughs> Understandable, because they're not very good when they do things like that, because their positions are very unpopular, and they know it. Um, but anyway, the room was packed. I heard from somebody who's been involved with organizing this for years that they had never seen it so packed, wow. which is absolutely fabulous. I saw a lot of older people, but I did see a bunch of young people too, so that's really good. So we're feeling good about it, and we're just like enjoying the campaign and just trying to have a good time. Yeah, I actually ran into Ezra yesterday on my way home, and he seemed to be in extremely good spirits for 13 days away. So. How does he do that? He's um, so full of energy and enthusiasm. I don't, I don't he, get it. He's always so happy. He Oh my god, yeah. Yeah. That looked like a presidential debate. He was so good. He knew exactly what to say. He attacked Jake Corman on the things that Jake Corman needs to be attacked on. It's very impressive. I love that he went for Corman from the very first question. (laughs) Like, when you're trying to put somebody away, that's what you gotta do. My thing about both races is that so Mark Friedenberg and Ezra are both great. But it's their opponents that really make the difference. So Tom Marino is a massive scumbag. Oh my right? god! Everyone Tom Marino has resigned in disgrace from several jobs. Yeah, and he was too gross to the Trump administration. Yeah, he didn't know that. But he's not—he's <laughs> not quite local enough to build my hate up against him. Tom Marino. Yeah, Jake Corman yeah, on the other hand, in the Penn State community, is revered 
He's revered. Everyone's like, Jay Corman. Jay Corman did this. Jay Corman did that. I want Jay Corman out of office. Yeah. Really bad. This (laughs) man, okay, wait. Can I just take a moment? So I was re-watching the debate earlier today. And so both Jay Corman and Ezra Names were asked about, like, funding for higher education, student loans, and whatnot, because Pennsylvania has the highest rate of debt in the nation. Yeah, but anyways, Jay Corman starts off his answer to this question by saying, you know, I was honored that Penn State honored me with the Distinguished Alumni of the Year Award. Like, so that's how you're fixing the student debt crisis? (laughs) What? And like, on that, I remember being at Capital Day this past, uh, when did we go? Oh, Capital Day. And I remember we went to, to our representative, Scott Conklin, who is not as liberal of a Democrat as I wanted him to be, and he met with us. He's a union guy. Yeah, union guy. Not college educated, great dude. He's a yeah, nice guy. Yeah, he's a very nice guy. Yeah. Um, super fun speaker to watch, too. But anyway, mm-hmm. he met with us, and he had a good conversation about um, appropriations for Penn State. And then we went to Jake Corman's office, and he didn't have time for us. No, it was one of his lower-level staffers, not even his chief of staff or, like, his legislative director. It was, like, a staff assistant, I think. And there's nothing he could have been doing that was more important. Yeah. And this yeah. is a large it's, group on Capitol yeah. It's not it was like twenty five people. Yeah. Yeah. Twenty five people Walmart. went to go meet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. And that's my thing about both Ezra and Mark that I love is that the, the amount of times I've seen both of them is almost unnerving. Oh, yeah. And I can say this about John Fetterman too, in terms of real candidates that could possibly be elected. The amount of times that I've like engaged with them as a person, like Mark came on the podcast, Ezra, I've seen him like a hundred bajillion times. It's like it's very great to see. It's great yeah. to feel. Exactly. From like a voter perspective, that oh, I can meet these people whenever I want, and they're my elected officials. Like with Corman's like a shadow guy. Tom Marino and Glenn Thompson, I've never Tom Marino yeah. is pretty much off the grid. Yeah. Like and I think that's another difference. I think that's another thing that will swing voters to them. Like, yeah, to add on to that, it's not just that Ezra and Mark live here and that we see them yeah. all the time. Like I mentioned it when Mark was on the podcast, one of the things I do is like I track news clips about like him and about Tom Marino. Tom doing anything like he's not showing yeah. up in the news he's not campaigning the same way Marcus and even if you're doing that because you think you're going to win it still shows that you kind of don't care and yeah. that you're taking it for granted and you at least need you at least should put in some energy and effort into this yeah and like Andre Corman now showing up to Capitol Day he has four main constituents he has the Penn State student body who apparently reveres him so much that they gave him an alumni. it wasn't a student body it was like the alumni yeah. association yeah. which we have other opinions about yeah, that yeah. I'll get to that later um, and then the three people that actually donate to him. That all of his campaign donations come well, I also want to say the first time I ever saw Jake Corman in person was on Monday. I believe yeah. he was <laughs> noticed to me. Yeah. I have never seen him in Meanwhile, Ezra literally calls me KR. Yeah. Like, my parents call me KR. Yeah. Like, the man Every time I see Ezra, he's close. like, what's up? How are you doing? How are things going with you? My thing about Jake Corman, going back to the League Woman Voters thing, whatever on Monday, the previous Monday, when he said, oh, Jake Corman's going to be the debate, I was like, what? Like he's a real person? Like I, is the same he's a real man. I didn't. I, I didn't get a chance to go because I had another more important meeting. But um, <laughs> what I will say is like I didn't think that Jake Corman existed. Like it's like it's annoying. It's yeah. just, also, like, like before the debate even happened, Ezra walked in like 15 minutes before. He was shaking people's hands yeah. like a candidate should be doing. Jake Corman walked in 30 seconds before, sat in his little like seat, and was like, "All right, I'm ready to go." Yeah. And another thing I'll say about Tom Marino, you know, this was one. Some people would say this is just one event that he didn't show up to because maybe he thought the League of Women Voters was partisan, even though they're not. Fun fact, 
at every single opportunity, and there have been many, Tom Marino has either outright refused or not even responded invita to invitations to debate Mark. And at every single opportunity, Mark's like, yes, I will debate you anytime, yeah. anywhere, anyplace. I don't care if it's a Starbucks or in a big debate hall. It doesn't matter. Right. But Tom Marino won't do it. Yeah. And he either, again, he sometimes doesn't even respond mm -hmm. to these debate requests months in advance. Like, he has time to arrange his schedule, but he just doesn't show up. Because yeah. he doesn't want to yeah. talk to his constituents. The awesome thing about, like, that race <laughs> is with a candidate at the top of the ticket that's such a loser, like, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, wish, I wish Scott Wagner would like, listen to this podcast. Okay, honestly, I feel bad for Jeff Bartos. Like, I really do. I feel he's so not bad. He's a bad guy. He's, like, he's, he's really nice. He's, he's a bad guy because he's a Republican, but for a Republican, <laughs> yeah. he's a good guy. He's, not, he's, like, an okay candidate. He could probably win Peter something. Rose and I saw him yeah, and um, yeah. when he came to visit and this college Republican set it up and we went to be nice. Yeah. He was a very nice guy. We walked in when he was already served. He said hello to us when we walked in. Yeah, he had right. no idea who we were. But he just, and I, I told the president of College Republicans, I said, y'all would be a lot better off if he was a candidate. If anyone was a candidate. Well, if anybody Scott but Scott Wagner. And now the guy's political career is over because he ran with Scott Wagner. Yeah. So. <laughs> I think, too, is if you look at, so I'm, I'm a big proponent of John Fetterman's Twitter, great guy. Yeah, like, he good, responds to people. It's another instance of, like, he's just so active. But my thing, too, is you don't see John Fetterman, like, adding Bardo's and be like, you like did this? He's always attacking Scott Wagner. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, <laughs> there's he's nothing hard to say about Barco. He's nice. Yeah, it's just, but um, I think yeah, that's another thing at the take, top of the ticket there. Yeah, it, it suppresses turnout. Yeah. Um, so that's exciting, and there'll probably be some big upsets. Yeah. Wink, wink. Mark Freedom. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Open. Yeah. Well, um, at the very least, just like Beto, he has laid a good groundwork, but none of us know. I think that, that's something we can say no matter what, in general, this election, no matter the, the results. I think it'll be a blue wave. I don't know how big it'll be. Yeah. But I think in terms of the elections we lose, groundwork is laid for yeah. 2020, yeah, exactly. for 2022, for 2019, yeah. even, like stuff like that. Dude, one of my favorite things about this election cycle is like the bench that we're building. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, with like so many really good candidates, like even like Beto, if he loses and then. I he's got the experience he's now. He's got people yeah, he's now. He's going to run for, for governor, for president, something like that. Yeah. Um, and he's like a viable candidate. Like Gillum in Florida. He's oh, oh he's going to win. Yeah. He, I, he, I think he's, he's going to win. win. I don't know if he's going to win. He's going to win. And we talked about this before on the podcast. He's going to win and he's going to carry the Florida Senate for Democrats yeah. as the yeah. top of the so, candidate. Thank you, sir. I have the. Uh, the New York Times Senate map up right now, and they give Nelson a seventy-two percent chance of winning, <laughs> and like that went up a lot. And Nelson's not—he's not the best candidate. No, he's a bad candidate, if anything. Wait, and I want to make a prediction. Oh, oh no! Oh. You ready? Oh. Dean Heller is going to lose in Nevada. I am crazy, and if you want to know anything about Nevada politics, follow John Ralston on Twitter. I've been following oh, this man since two thousand eight. I'm obsessed with him. Shout out to you, John Ralston. Nevada matters. Um, anyways, but the thing is, the early vote numbers, I know you guys said that it might not matter, but in Washoe County, which is a swing county in a swing state of Nevada, Democrats have a 2,000 like less voter registration. Like We have a disadvantage in that county, but we've been beating Republicans every single day in early vote, and that's what matters. And also the Clark County numbers, which is where Las Vegas is, like they're just the, the numbers are out of the water and Democrats lead. Like Jackie Rosen is going to win and it's going to be freaking incredible. Nevada's going to have two female senators, a Democrat governor, a super majority of Democrats in the state legislature. Like this state is going to be the blue haven for everyone. One place where the numbers aren't crazy, but a different number is crazy, is Georgia. 
Well, yeah, I don't I know, know if you. Oh, heard, Stacey Abrams. But poor Stacey Abrams. I mean, yeah. God bless her. Black woman running as a Democrat for governor. Like honestly, a intersectionality. Saint. I think is a big play. It really it, is. It, I don't. Is there an African American woman governor? No. No. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not 100 yeah. sure, but I'm gonna say no, no. She'd be the first. And the issue with Georgia is the freaking Secretary of State right now is running uh, against her. Governor. And do you know what secretaries of state do? They run man. the elections. He's, oh they God, have been so taking bad. thousands and thousands of people. Hundreds They've been of stricken their names from the polls without letting yeah. them know just because they didn't vote in the past or didn't respond to a piece of mail. And you know who all those people are? Who like three quarters of them are? They're black. They're African Americans. People who tend to vote Democrat. He's doing it on. Purpose. He's not pushing through voter registration either. Yeah. No. That's like a massive issue. The good thing is there was a lawsuit today oh, that God. like it struck something that he did down, so that's yeah. good. Um the Rolling Stone <laughs> just uh has this exclusive where they have audio of Brian Kemp, who's the George Secretary of State, yeah. Stacey mm-hmm. Abrams opponent, um, expressing his concern over people voting. Yeah, oh he said we're go something like we're going to be in trouble if people use and exercise their yeah, right to exactly. vote. It's like well, no shit, sure. <laughs> like, what's wrong with you? But I, I think it's just exciting that you could have a candidate that would not win in 2016, and, and they're very on the verge of winning, even with everything against them, even with them trying to yeah. suppress the vote. Um, Kemp said that Stacey Abrams, this is from Rolling Stone, um, so we don't get uh, plagiar- plagiarism. I don't think anybody's listening. I don't think anybody's going to do this right. Um, so Brian Kemp said that his Democratic opponent, Stacey Abrams, voter turnout operation, quote, continues to concern us, especially if everybody uses and exercises their right to vote. I mean, how? Like, dude! <laughs> like, yeah. time for that to leave is right now. Um, but wow. just, I told somebody yesterday, I'm borderline considering, um, if I became dictator of the United States tomorrow, but in a benevolent way, a law that says that state secretaries of state can't run for office because yeah. this is absolutely, or they, yeah. or they have to just recuse themselves yeah. from the election proceedings because this is ridiculous. This happened in the Kansas primary with uh, Chris Kobach. Oh, yes, Kobach. Chris Kobach. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it did. That was fishy. That was very close, wasn't it? Does anyone else want to make any predictions since this is our last uh, one for I'm, election day? I'm always up for making Derek, go for it. Say Derek, something. Derek, you blew your last predictions. Redeem yourself. That was a prediction about the Delaware. The, the uh, thing yeah, that had already happened. That was my fault. Redeem yourself. I, I didn't realize that it was, that it was going on that day. <laughs> 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 it doesn't matter. You should have the Delaware hey, primary. The, the other one is still out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, But... I think Dean Heller wins in Nevada. You think Dean Heller's going to win? Yeah. Ooh, conflicting predictions. I, I think Heidi, Heidi Heitkamp loses. Oh, yeah. Um, which is also... I think Claire McCaskill's going to lose, too. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. Well, see, I think it's... Mm, I don't know. Um, but Heidi Heitkamp, when she won in 20... She won in 2014. 2016. She, had a, she has a shorter term than everyone else for some reason. Oh, well. I don't know. Um, she probably had to replace yeah. somebody else. But she uh, she won by like a few thousand votes, and they're primarily um, people of Native American um, ancestry. Oh, and they've been screwing them over yeah, too. And again, uh, yeah. again, it's something that America yeah. never stops doing. North Dakota passed a law that said that um, drivers or any sort of ID that you use to vote needs to have a street address. Oh my and god! That discriminates against. Um, 
people living on reservations because they normally get their mail sent to P.O. boxes. Yeah. And they asked the state government for state, they asked the state government for like actual street addresses and they were told no before this was put into effect. So it's the state's fault that they have P.O. addresses and now it's their fault that they can't vote. Yeah. Local elections freaking matter. I think Senate wide, I don't know about specific races, but I think in Nevada, I'll take KR's side. Thank you. My thing that's happening right now is, I think this is going to drive away conservatives from the polls. Like the Las Vegas politicians that are running, or not politicians, business owners that are running, like the guy that owns the casino, and there's still one other guy who's like a pimp or something. He d- wait, he died. Oh, he died. No, oh, oh yeah, my yeah, god, yeah, yeah. crazy story. So this guy running for like a state legislative Dennis seat Hoff. died. His, yeah, Dennis Hoff, and he's he like it was just like a freak accident or something. But the Republicans are still like running him yeah. as the person <laughs> so that they can late. appoint someone oh, for dude. the seat, like. Well, Nevada's Nevada's a weird I think state, that though. guy and the casino owner, there's been like drama surrounding both of them. I think that's going to drive away like normal conservative voters that don't want the craziness. Uh-huh. Like if you're a, in, living in like rural Nevada, I don't know who's living in rural Nevada. Like, <laughs> Not very this, many people. Even the suburbs of Las Vegas, like you don't probably like the stereotypes about the city. And those guys are just living in, or dead yeah. embodiments <laughs> of them. And I think that's going to push away voters too. You're, that's like the Trumpism coming out. But it's creating these circus candidates who aren't as good as Trump, which is weird that somebody's not as good as Trump. Wait, also, Adam Laxalt. So he's the Republican running for governor. And 32 people in his family with last name Laxalt have come out against him. 12, oh, saw, 12 in that. campaign ads and 20 just wrote an op-ed against him. Awesome. Arizona too, right? Yeah, like yeah, these people the really don't like this guy. Like, And Governor Brian Sandoval, who's the current Republican governor of Nevada, has not endorsed him. Like... Yeah. Adam Laxalt's going to lose. It's gonna I, be I have a prediction amazing. to make. Oh, yes. But it's not to do with the election. It's just that after the election, I'm hoping for some arrests from Bobby Mueller. We'll see. Oh, I think he's been he's holding on to I think he definitely things. will wait till after the election. Because. because on when I made my prediction about Trump? Oh, well, you're I, know. Know. I, think I don't think so. I, I think he's gone by middle of February. Bobby? No, Trump. No, Trump. Oh, Trump's yeah. gone by the middle? Oh, I, I don't know about that. He did declare that he's running again. I mean, he can oh, just yeah. take that away, but. I don't know. I just I have a feeling because that. Jared and Ivanka <laughs> are definitely screwed, but I have but they're not the brightest bulbs and are very full of themselves and have ever had to face this thing called yeah. a consequence. So they have no idea how screwed they actually yeah. are. And the only reason I feel bad is because they have young children. Yeah. I would love nothing more than for Muller to come out November seventh and be like, So I have all of these. So I have a list of twelve people turn yourselves in by five PM. Like that would be great. What about November fifth? No, 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 no. That he's too, everything he's too right in the book. Yeah, he's I don't want that. He's not James freaking Comey releasing <laughs> two different announcements in a month. He's like, here election. we go. <laughs> yeah, no, he's not But, but one thing I will say, too, uh, I think we should end on this because I think mm-hmm. we're like an hour and ten minutes into this. Which is, this has been a very exciting discussion because we're all poly political wonks or whatever. Yeah, we're weird. Um, <laughs> but I think the one thing I'll say overall, um, there's two things, I guess. Uh, it's the idea that no matter what happens in the election, a massive groundwork has been laid mm-hmm, by all sure. candidates across the country that will generate rep- Democratic votes one year in the future, two years in the future, three years in the future, like Republicans did um, whenever they kind of set forth in like 2010 and 2014. Um, I think that's super crucial. And then the other thing I will say um, is I think the Democratic candidates are going to benefit by the down ballot effect, benefit in a lot of areas by like the mm-hmm. down ballot effect. The idea that like the Republicans leading governor tickets, leading other tickets, the idea that Trump is the representative of the Republican Party is pushing people away. Mm-hmm. And I think that the silent majority that kind of signed with Trump um, in 2016 
is not the same, doesn't have the same mindset. I mean, some people have doubled down, but I think a lot of people have experienced cognitive dissonance and realized this isn't something I want. Um, so I think we're just going to see a lot of benefits in the future, hopefully. So. All right. Vote November 6th, please. Please, for the love of God. Oh, my God. Yesterday in my Russian class, the professor, I don't remember even how we got on this topic, but he was like, make sure you vote on November 8th. And ev- all 10 people <laughs> in the class were like, November 6th. And he was like, oh, I'm sorry, November 6th. It's, it's always somebody asks me, is it a Monday? I'm like, no, it's a Tuesday. It's always it's a Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> but um, know your polling place. You can look it up on uh, PA Voter Services. I looked it up for like a few people while I was campusing. It's a great site. Know where your polling place is. Vote. Vote straight Democrat. But we'll do what I do and click the straight Democrat box and then vote for each individual candidate so you feel satisfied. Um, but vote on November 6th. Do it. Please. But, uh, I, I've been Tom Sarabon. I'm the Penn State College Democrat. Here with... Katie Rose. Tony Alpin. Derek Magnus. And we will see you after the election with either happy faces, or that's it, because that's what's going to happen. <laughs>